Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey everyone, it's really great to welcome you today to Arena Church. It's a joy to be with you. Thanks ever so much for tuning in today and we trust if it's your very first time that you've already enjoyed the worship and the lead and uh, that you'll stay the, uh, the course of this message uh, today. It's uh, been absolutely fantastic to be able to come online, but we are missing gathering. And uh, as always, I like to give a big shout out to our churches, to our campuses. Remember, we're one church in seven locations now, if we include the online platform. But I wonder if we could just get typing. So come on, a big shout out to Belper and to David and Jeanette, who are the campus pastors there. Come on, let's celebrate them. And now to Ilkeston. I absolutely love Phil and Sharon and all that they're doing at our central campus. Big shout out. Now to the hub. Come on, to Lisa Harrison, uh, the community pastor there and her team. Now to Josh and Helen Turner in Mansfield. Absolutely fantastic. And now, finally, also to Nottingham. Uh, A big shout out to Jonathan and to Annie who just bring a coordination to uh, the Nottingham campus. And then last but not least, come on, to Toulouse. Patrick and Lucille and our French brothers and sisters over there, our family over there in France, we celebrate you all. Don't get tired of tapping on the screen. It's a good thing for us to do. I also want to say a big, big, big congratulations to Patrick and Lucille. It's just wonderful. They have had a big bouncy baby boy and they've called him Paul and he's absolutely beautiful we've seen photos of him and uh, they're doing very well the only problem is guys my wife is very broody oh my goodness anyway we will leave it at that shall we Um, a friend of mine sent me this story and uh, there was a a dean of St Paul's Cathedral in the 1920s his name was William Ing and he was noted for his witty stories. One of these concerned a telegram that was sent to a society wedding reception. And the sender was perhaps a little bit financially challenged and he decided to send a biblical text by the way of encouragement to the happy couple. His choice of text was admirable. Perfect love casts out all fear. 1 John 4 verse 8. Sorry, 1 John 4, verse 18, let me get it right. So the telegram was sent off, and it simply read, 1 John 4, verse 18. Unfortunately, the post office clerk who transmitted the message was not used to dealing with biblical references, and passed it on as John 4, verse 18. The telegram arrived at the wedding reception, and a Bible was found. And the following text was read out to the newly married couple. John 4 verse 8 reads, The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. Let me tell you, this telegram was not well received. Have you got it, guys? Have you got it? I hope today that my transmission, I hope today that my message is clear and concise. And I trust that the series that we've been looking at of the Ecclesia will also and has been very, very clear because 
We here at Arena Church value the church. Let me say more than that. We love the church. We celebrate the church. We understand the beauty and the power of the church. And we say that because also God the Father loves the church. I've been delighted to be able to have a couple of our pastors also speak into that. And they've, they've taught and they've preached absolutely brilliant. In fact, I was just thinking, they're really keeping me on my toes uh, today. So I've really got to land this one because they've been so brilliant. And we really have just got an absolutely amazing team. But Josh spoke about the ecclesia in terms of gathering and, and, and also Phil spoke about the ecclesia, in term, the church, in terms of growing. When I use the term ecclesia, if it's your first time here, ecclesia is another word for the church. It means to be called out, to be called out. And as we called out, we gather. And as we called out, we grow. And it's all under the headship of Jesus. Let me tell you that Christ is the centre of our church. He's the head of Arena Church. In fact, you never come second by putting God first. You need to type that. You need to tap your neighbour. Say to them, you never come second by putting God first. I want to tell you that Arena Church endeavours in all matters, in all things, to put God first. And as we do that, as we put him first and as we gather and as we grow, we will ultimately advance. And that's what I want to speak into today. The church advancing. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18. This is what it says. This is the rock on which I will build my church. A church so expansive with energy that not even the gates of hell will be able to keep it out. What are we reading here? Jesus is saying that through the church, through the rock of revelation, that Jesus is the Messiah. On that truth and on that revelation that we will build the church. And as we build it on Christ, it says that this church that is being built and is building will be expansive and will be full of energy. Let me tell you, I love both of these words. You know, when we travel to America, within our budget, everybody has a budget and we do too. I always try and get the biggest car I can get. Because I think to myself, I'm in a big country for those who've ever visited America. It's large. A big country with big roads, big highways. So I think, I don't want to be traveling around in a little piddly car. I want the biggest car I can get. I love the thought of expansiveness. I really do. Largeness. And Jesus said that he is building a church that is expansive, but also that is full of energy. I was saying to Caroline, we've produced four, we've got four children, very lively children. They're, they're full of life, they're life-giving, they're energetic, they're vocal, never rude, but they're vocal. They have passion and verve, and I blame the mother. I really do for their loudness. <laughs> and this is true of the church. It really is. That Jesus says, I'm building my church and it's going to be full of expansiveness. It's large and it's full of energy. And it's true of the church and it's true of Arena Church. I was reflecting on our purpose statement. You can see it on the website. Our purpose statement is to go and to grow and to love and to serve our world. Listen to me. The ecclesia is advancing and the whole purpose of Arena Church 
is to advance, to go, to grow, to love, to serve our world. The capital church, the capital C church is longing to break out, has been longing to break out. But as I reflect on it, men have tried to keep it in. They've contained, and this may be your understanding, they've contained church to a place that we attend. Four walls, a steeple, pews, with a service to go to, with traditions and structures, an organisation. And often it's filled with mediocrity and it's devoid of faith and it just maintains the status quo. Well, I'm just proposing. You know, I can't help myself, guys. This is what we've contained the church to be. While the church, Jesus designed and built the church to be full of faith, full of adventure, full of passion, full of colour. Where there's healings, where there's supernatural occurrences, where we can expect the unexpected, where there's an impact and an influence in local communities and for Jesus to be known and to be made known. This church that Jesus designed is advancing. It was never called to be inward. It was always meant to be outward. The church was commissioned, called and created to go. But the interesting thing is this. The early pioneers of the first century church, they remained. Let me just for a moment take you to a passage of scripture in the book of Acts in chapter 8. Just before you go there, in Acts chapter 7, we see there's a man by the name of Stephen, is a disciple. And because of his outward faith in Christ and not willing to back down, the people of the day persecuted him to the point of death. They murdered him, stoned him. And then we pick up the story in Acts chapter 8 and verse 1. And bearing in mind, the commission, as I've said, was always to go. Jesus said, when I leave you, I want you to go into all the world. But they remained in Jerusalem. Then there's a stoning. And then we pick up Acts chapter 8 verse 1. And it reads, a great wave of persecution began that day. Sweeping over the church in Jerusalem. And all the believers except the apostles were scattered through the regions of Judea and Samaria. You see, God is so committed to advancing it. He'll use whatever means. Did he create that murder? No, but he allowed it to happen because he wanted to get the gospel. He wanted to get the church out of the four walls. He wanted to get them from meeting in their homes, Acts 2.42, and from meeting in Solomon's colonnade. And he wanted them to go to the ends of the earth. And we see then, we pick up Acts chapter 8, verse 4. It says, but the believers, the church who were scattered, they preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. It took persecution. It took suffering for the church to advance. You've been quite quiet in your, in your houses today, I can, I can tell. So just high five, fist pump, you know, slap kindly, gently, the person at the side of you and just say, the church is advancing. The church is advancing. You see, it's advancing because God is an advancing God. I hope you get the excitement and the passion of this message today. I really believe this with all my heart. I've been excited over the last few weeks wanting to get to this message because God is wanting to break out. He's wanting to break out across the earth. We've contained Him because He is an advancing God. 
God never changes. He says of Jesus, he's the same yesterday, today and forever. God never changes, but he's always on the move. That's worth a note. God, all, God never changes, but he's always on the move. He always is embracing the generational things and the generational shifts and changes that are happening in the world to carry the gospel through the new thing. Let me just give you some examples to this before we drive in to one or two stories and just lay some points in you. Why I, why I can see God advancing over history. He took the printing press, what we take now for granted, you know, the, the printing press was not normal hundreds of years ago. And there were pioneers and founders who took the printing press and started printing Bibles, and then started taking these Bibles to the ends of the earth. They used the generational new thing to take the gospel. The church took the gospel to whoever they could. When world travel was not the norm, and planes started entering our skies, there were many pioneer leaders who took these planes and used them to carry aid and carry Bibles to people who've never heard of the gospel or never heard of the name of Jesus. And in fact, many of them organized crusades. It's an old fashioned term for meeting large gatherings in continents where they've never heard about Jesus. And they were early pioneers and they used the new thing to go and take the gospel. God is always advancing. The TV and radio, some people say it's evil, it's wrong. It's not. It's an incredible medium, but people have used it for evil ways. But uh, there's a pastor by the name of John Nelson Parr and Phil and Sharon, our teaching pastor and his wife, were, were seconded for three years from Marina Church to go and repurpose what was once our largest church in our movement and um, led by the, the, the pastor John Nelson Parr of another generation. Phil and Sharon got up there and did an amazing job. But John Nelson Parr established that church on many, many creative ways, new things. And one of the things he embraced was radio. He used radio to go and transmit the gospel. What about internet and satellites? God is using all of those things. We see TV, you know, evangelists, unfortunately, some of them are not, you know, a little bit unquestionable at times. But let me leave park that for one moment. But let me tell you, many of them have used TV and the, and, and, and the gospel. They've used it through those mediums. And then here we are now. Zoom. Who'd have thought, guys? Zoom, YouTube, Facebook Live, online services. Who'd have thought through Arena Church? What I'm saying to you is God is, is, is always on the advance. He's always on the move. He never changes, but he's always on the move. And we quickly, was it 16, 17, 18 weeks ago, had to determine that we were going to get an online presence. And it's been amazing. And hear me out, you may be on, on the broadcast today. We've got a church of around 500 people that normally attend, a few more if you count everybody. But we have had last month over 2,000 different people connect to our services online. That's amazing. Because God is always advancing. When people said this was going to be the, the, the failing of the church, this was going to be the demise of the church, I want to tell you today that this pandemic will never crush and will never defeat what God is wanting to do. Not even hell can prevail against the church. Can I raise a hallelujah in your living room, in your kitchen, in your bedroom or wherever you are? The church has a voice and is a presence in this world. Now, I want to take a favourite Old Testament account that I, of mine to show you how God 
advances. Let me use another word, how he breaks through. I love this story because I love the theme of the story. And where I'm going to take you to is 2 Samuel in chapter 5, verses 17 to 20, but I'm just going to read verse 20. And the context is that David has just been now anointed king over all of Israel. As a result of that, his nemesis, the Philistine people, came up to fight him. Let me tell you, it's not my phrase, whenever you enter a new level, there's always a new devil. Whenever you enter into a new anointing, there is always a tax of the enemy. If God is doing something amazing in your life, then be prepared for what the enemy will try and stop you walking into. And this was the story of David. So there we are. David has been anointed. He's now facing the Philistines, but he does an amazing thing. David inquires of the Lord. And he says to the Lord, Lord, what should I do? Should I go and fight them? And the Lord says to him very clearly and very directly, you can read it from 17 to 20. Yeah, go and fight them. I've handed them into your hands. So David and his group of men and his army go and face the Philistines. And this is what it says in 2 Samuel 5 and verse 20. So David went to Baal Perazim and defeated the Philistines there. The Lord did it. Note that, the Lord did it. It wasn't David. It was the Lord's power that did it. And David exclaimed, He burst through my enemies like a raging flood. And he named that place Baal Perazim, which means the Lord who bursts through or the Lord of the breakthrough, the God of the breakthrough. That place was renamed the God of the breakthrough, the God of advancement, the God who bursts through. And God is always advancing. God is always bursting through and he does it through the church, the ecclesia. He did this in David's time through the nation of Israel. He then took the first century church and read about it in the book of Acts. See what they had to contend with and how God and the gospel was taken to the ends of the earth. And now in the 21st century, God is breaking through in his people and his church. Please listen to me carefully. If your experience of church has been dull and boring and pathetic, I'm sorry. That is not a true representation of the church of Jesus Christ. And thank you to that person who sent that email to me to say that they had been disgruntled and, you know, almost, you know, to the point of they didn't want to connect with the church. They were online, they heard the message and now they want to come and join us. I'm pleased about that. I really am. Because the church is something that's vibrant and full of life. It's where His power, God's power, love, grace and mercy come. And by the way, they take your breath away. So in this place of breakthrough, David saw the power of God. Let me ask you a question today. Where do you need a breakthrough? Where do you need God to advance? I wonder what's been weighing you down. Is it that loved one? Is it that prodigal? Is it that son or daughter? Is that husband and wife? Is it that marriage issue? Is it that health diagnosis, that health issue? Is it that sickness? Is it your job, the lack of job, the loss of job, the loss of money, the bankruptcy? It could be mind games and temptations that are all weighing you down. Do you get the feeling all weighed down? And you're on the broadcast today and you feel weighed down. Let me tell you, he is the God who bursts through. What he did for David, he can do for you. And even against your enemies. Some of you are facing enemies. God will break through against your enemies. 
But let me tell you, for God to break through, he has to first break in. For God to break through, he has to first break in. And many people want to break through on their terms. I've spoken to people, they want God to do this and that and the other, but they are not willing to open their heart to God and to surrender their lives, truly surrender their lives to him. You can't fake it with God. God sees all things. You might be able to deceive men and women around you, but you can't deceive God. And if we want to break through, we've got to allow God to break in. Our hearts, our stubbornness. My heart at times can be so stubborn. I can have a mindset and I'm not truly surrendered, but I've realised at the point of surrender, God breaks in and then he breaks through. In fact, I feel inspired. Please stay with me. The message hasn't finished, but I want to pray for you because I get a sense there's people who have been weighed down and are weighed down and you're ready to allow God to break in. You need a breakthrough in your life, in all those areas that I've talked about and others. Will you just join with me now? I don't want this to feel uncomfortable. I'm going to stretch my hands towards the, the, the computer screen, your phones, the TV screens and believe for a breakthrough to take place. God is able to carry this through time and space, and to bring a miracle. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. We've been talking about the church advancing. You are a God who advances. You are the God who breaks through. I pray, Heavenly Father, Father, that you would break through, that you would break in. You would break into lives that are surrendering in this moment to you. And Lord, in the breaking in, you would break through. You would break chains. You would turn situations around. You would bring victories for people, Lord. Those things that seemed so desperate, you'd turn them around. Lord, that people would be healed under the sound of my voice through the work of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Lord, we are believing for more and more breakthroughs in these weeks ahead in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Come on, raise the hallelujah. Begin to confess the breakthrough. He is the God of the breakthrough. He is the God of advancement. He's the God of victory. He's the God who prevails. But I just want to leave you with three particular points, if I may, because we're talking about the breakthrough of the church. And I believe that God advances through these three areas. They'll be really quick. Just stay with me, but get your pens and, and paper ready or your computers ready at the typing. The good things these are. The body build, this is bodybuilding stuff. Because the church advances, number one, everybody say number one, number one, through the faith of his people. All these, by the way, Phil Pye, our teaching pastor with an F, you'll be very, very pleased with me. I'm trying to get some brownie points from you. The faith of his people, the faith of his people. James 1 verse 2, I've been reading this no end over this lockdown. Consider it pure joy. My brothers and sisters, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. This word faith here means a belief, a persuasion, a conviction. He says, consider it pure joy when your faith is being tested, your belief, your persuasion, your conviction is being tested. Let me tell you why. It's because that's where you get strong. It's where you stand strong in faith. It's where your faith is built. It's where you grow in your faith. And God advances through the faith of his people. Let me tell you, in this season, God is shaping, restoring, renewing, reblazing your faith in these times. I really believe it. There's a strengthening of faith. 
your core conviction that He is the Christ, He is the Son of the living God, that I put my trust in God. That kind of faith, that rock solid faith, that white hot faith is what God is drawing out of us in this time. And those kinds of people will advance. Quickly, just to say though, I also believe, and I believe this firmly, I was talking to our pastors in Arena Church, that we are going to enter a season of the release of the gift of faith. And the gift of faith is found in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 9, and we haven't got time to talk about it, but there are nine gifts that God gives to the church, to each and every one of us, not just to, not just to the pastors, but to every one of us. And one of those is the gift of faith. All believers have a certain amount of faith, which we've talked about, belief, conviction, persuasion. But this is a gift that has a special ability to trust God beyond the limits of what we think is normally possible. Let me tell you, this gift of faith has caused us to go and plant into every location. It's caused us to sign deals on properties when we haven't always got the money lined up. It's caused us to launch ministries. It's caused us to go where we, we didn't even dare we'd ever go, to lose. The gift of faith. And I really believe that there's going to be a stirring and a season where we believe God for those things that would normally seem impossible. I think it's a life-altering faith. I think it's in that moment heroic and supernatural. And it's deposited in that time. I want to encourage you, church, to earnestly seek the gift of faith. But not only the faith of his people, but also the fragrance of his church. Those who know me know that I like to smell nice. Nobody likes to smell horrible, I don't think. But I like nice aftershaves. I really do. And oftentimes my, my kids say, you like expensive aftershaves. Well, that's true. I like, I like to smell good. Some men actually say, what are you talking about in this moment? I like to smell of blood, sweat and tears. Well, ask your wife if she likes that smell. I think we already know the answer. <laughs> but the fragrance of his church. And why do I use that phrase? Because 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14, let me read it to you, verses through to 16, says that through us, the church, he, Jesus, brings the knowledge of Christ everywhere we go, everywhere we go, through the fragrance. And people breathe in this exquisite fragrance. Because of Christ, we give off a sweet scent rising to God, which is recognised by those on the way of salvation. An aroma, an aroma redolent with life, but on those, the way to destruction treats us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. He says that through the church, we will leave a sweet, exquisite fragrance. I want to tell you, your life, your service, your devotion, your wholeness, is a sweet fragrance. It will bring something to people's lives. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being kind. Keep showing kindness. Keep being loving. Keep serving. Because as you do that, you are like a breath of fresh air. We will continue to do the right thing at Arena Church, even if others around us are doing the wrong thing. But it also does say here, according to this text, that we are a fragrance of either life or death. And it all depends on where you're heading. Let's go back to the text. It says, to those on the way of salvation, we are an aroma redolent with life. On the way of salvation, on the road to salvation, we're like a breath of fresh air. But those on the way 
or on the road to destruction, they treat us more like the stench from a rotting corpse. Listen to me, not everybody's going to love us, not everybody's going to like us, but we are the fragrance to the world. And we carry and we reveal Jesus, each and every one of you who's a Christ follower on this broadcast today. And it's through the church, people will know the power, personality and presence of Jesus. I said there were three things that I wanted to look at. You know, I want to talk about the faith of his people. I want to talk about the fragrance of his church. And this is how God advances. But thirdly, the fame of his name. The church is there to announce and declare publicly the fame of his name. The fame of Jesus. Not the fame of Arena. The fame of Jesus. Listen to me, as I draw this all to a close, it's all for Him. It's all through Him. It's all about Him. What we do is for the audience of one. Listen to me, if we're going to brag, we're going to brag on the Lord. We're going to brag on His name. It's all for the fame of His name. And I want to tell you, it's worth it. Serving Jesus is worth it. The Bible tells us that our labour in the Lord is not in vain. There are times when I've thought, is it worth it? I feel like quitting. I feel like laying it all down. I've had enough of that, that. And I have to remind myself, I don't do it for them. I do it for Him. And it's all about Him. It's all about the audience of one. It's all about pleasing Him. It's all about getting His applause on my life, which I already have because I'm highly favoured and so are you. I'm a, I'm a son of God. But I do all that I do for Him. By the way, I love you guys. I love the church. But I don't do it for you. I do it for him. Because I want to make his name famous. And as we make his name famous, we will advance in every corner of the earth. We will advance in every corner of this M1 as we announce the fame of his name. Don't be silent with the name of Jesus. Matthew 12 verse 21 declares, And the fame of his name will birth hope among the people. If you want hope today, it's only through the name of Jesus. Philippians 2 verse 9 declares this. Therefore God exalted him, talking about Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. That at that name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth, and under the earth. It also says, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Listen to me. We will all bow the knee one day before the name of Jesus. It's at this name we are saved. It's at this name we are made whole. It's at this name, through this name, the church will advance. And I really believe that it's our call, it's our mandate to announce the fame of his name. To radiate the fragrance of his church. And to bring forth the faith of his people. I really believe that as we take these to heart, listen to me, the ecclesia, the church will advance. We will advance. And we will advance into places that we never even dared possible. God will open doors. God will burst through. God will break through. We will see breakthrough corporately and we will see breakthrough 
individually. I hope you've enjoyed the series as much as I have. I've enjoyed preaching it and I've enjoyed being ministered to by the other guys. Listen, finally, listen carefully. Oh, look at me. We love, we love, we love the Ecclesia. I wonder if we could pray. In this moment, you're needing God to break in. You may have asked Jesus into your life when I was praying just a few minutes ago. And in this moment, I want to seal that decision. I want to pray for you. Open up your heart in this moment. Don't allow the things that you've done to stop you from coming to Jesus. That's where hope, that's where freedom comes. I really believe He's going to break every chain. And I wonder if you just pray this prayer with me today. If that's you, you want to surrender and give your life to Jesus. Just say, dear Jesus, I acknowledge you as my Lord. I announce that you are the Christ. Come into my life. Take away all the fakeness of my heart. I open my heart to you. And I ask that you would come in. And I ask that you would cleanse me. And I ask that you would love me. I receive your love, your grace, your mercy. And I want to serve you for the rest of my days. Listen to me, friend. If you prayed that prayer, all heaven is rejoicing. And we are celebrating with you. But what I want to ask you to do is just click on the screen now. That button that says, raise your hand. To to just let us know that people have responded. I can see you. I really believe there's many people in this moment who are opening up their hearts. Just click it now. Just say, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Saviour. And there's guys who, if you want to, will help you. I just encourage you, don't just make that decision and then do nothing. Connect with somebody. Go and read something that would be effectively. Go onto our website. There's things that we can point you towards that would be really helpful on this journey of faith. And as I pray, we've been talking about the church. I want to pray for the church. May we always speak well. May we always announce and celebrate the church. Father, today, I pray for the church. I pray for the Capital C Church worldwide, but I also pray for Arena Church. Continue to be gracious, kind and good to us. We're longing for a day when we can come back live and gather. But in the meantime, I pray, Lord, that you'd keep your mighty hand upon us and that we will continue to advance wherever you have placed us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. As always, guys, I've loved being with you. And I want to say, we love you. We're praying for you. And we believe in you. Until next time, God bless you.